I don't know about you, but I find these to be very sober days. So many people are hurting and suffering. And not only in our body, but churches all across America, there's so many for whom I pray, and I know who pray for us and for me. But aren't we thankful that those folks who aren't here today who are praying, and we're here praying, wherever we are, our prayers meet one another at God's throne of grace. What a tremendous blessing. Jesus Christ had been teaching. He had brought forth loyalty from a great number of people. And he boldly rebuked the hypocrisy of some of the spiritual and church leaders and religious leaders of his day. And because of this animosity had arisen among the establishment. And one day when he was teaching, a lawyer stood up and said, Rabbi, teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, What does the law say? How do you read it? And he said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy soul, with all thy heart, with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbors thyself. And Jesus said, This do, and you shall live. And seeking to justify himself, the lawyer said, But who is my neighbor? And Jesus said, A certain man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers. They stripped him, they beat him, they left him for half dead. It just so happened that a certain priest was passing along that road, and he saw the man, and he passed by on the other side. In time, a certain Levite was traveling down that road, and he saw the man pass by on the other side. The Samaritan was on a journey, and he passed down that road. He saw the man. He came to him. He bandaged his wounds. He poured oil and wine on the wounds. And then he put the man on his own beast and took him to an inn. There he cared for the inn, at the man at the inn. And the next morning, as he was time to leave, he went to the innkeeper and gave him two denarii, said, take care of this man. And when I come back through... I will pay you anything it costs you. And Jesus then said to the lawyer, Which of these was a neighbor? And the lawyer said, The man who showed mercy. And Jesus said, Thus also you should do. 
Many of you have heard me say from time to time that as I view the things that have happened through history and in my own life, I see God as the great chess master who moves pieces across the board to achieve his goals and his purposes. That lesson was taught to me anew this past week. On Monday, I received in the mail a check from a church in New York with a note saying, we know that you have many needs right now. We hope this helps. And so Tuesday morning after elders meeting, I went to Phil's diner for a quick breakfast. Was there 20 minutes, 30 at the most. And then I went to the ATM machine, the Chase Bank ATM machine in Utica Square to deposit the check. It was handwritten. And I put it in the machine, in machine word and all kinds of things, and came back with a note. These items cannot be read. <laughs> so I put my card in, the numbers again, and tried it once more. These items cannot be read. <laughs> well... I always carry deposit slips with me, so I thought later, when the bank reopens, I'll go and deposit the check. And so I came back to the office, and around 1 or 1.30, I thought, well, I'll just run to the bank and back. won't take me 20 minutes. And as I started to drive, I had the check. I had a deposit slip and another item on the passenger seat next to me. And as I started to drive, it was rather warm in the car. And you know, I don't like to turn on the air conditioner unless I have to because that burns more fuel. And so I opened the driver's side window. wouldn't help much. I opened the passenger side window, and suddenly a gust of wind rushed through the car. And the three items on the seat, one fell on the floor, the other over on the other side of the seat. I quickly closed the windows and continued on to the bank. When I got to the bank in Utica Square, I got out on the driver's side to retrieve the items. The deposit slip was there, the other item, but that check wasn't there. I searched the car thoroughly. It just wasn't there. I thought, did it blow out the window when the gust of wind came through? Probably did. So I drove slowly back through Lewis watching the street, the sidewalk, the curbs. Same thing up third and finally back. Nothing. I searched the car again. <laughs> Nothing. thought, well, I better just take a walk to see what I can find. And so I walked to third, walked on the south side, looking carefully in the curb the sidewalk and lawn adjacent to the sidewalk, went south on Lewis, looking, looking, looking to 6th Street, nothing, crossed Lewis, walked north <laughs> on Lewis, nothing, 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 back to 3rd and back to the church building, nothing. Now, all this time, you know, when you go to the picture show, sometimes there's music in the background. <laughs> well, in my head, our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven on high. 
with wisdom, power, and love, our God is. That was just going over and over in my head. Lord, not a sparrow falls to the ground without your knowledge. You know where that jerk is. Check his, show it to me. Uh, nothing. Search the car again. Well, maybe when I opened the door at the bank, it was there and fell out and I didn't see it. So I drove back to the bank and looked again. Nothing. So I came back. Well, take another walk and look more carefully. <laughs> so this time I walked down third to Lewis. Not only the curb and the sidewalk and things adjacent to it, but I walked over and examined all the things that have blown against the fence, everything blown against the walls. Found all kind of stuff, <laughs> but no check. <laughs> And so went all the way this time to 7th Street. I thought perhaps I had the window open longer than I knew. Cross Lewis, walked back north, searching, 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 nothing. Just before I got to 5th Street, I heard the forlorn voice of a woman crying out, Oh, God, help me. Oh, God, help me. I walked a few more feet and looked down Fifth Street, and I saw a woman walking with her hands raised to heaven, her face to heaven, crying out, Oh, God, help me. Oh, God, help me. We encounter all kinds of strange things in this neighborhood. And I thought I better keep walking fast, but God said, stop. You've been pleading with me to show me a check, show you a check. This woman is crying out to me. Stop and listen to her. And so I slowed my step until finally she was walking toward the intersection where I was. And she saw me and said, Sir, can you help me? And I sent the Lord said, Listen to this woman. And I said, How can I help you? Almost everyone that approaches you in this neighborhood wants money. But she said, I've been in a car accident. I can't remember anything since it happened. I can't remember phone numbers. I have no way to get home. Can you help me? I said, you were in a car accident? And she lowered her mask. There was dried blood where her nose had been bleeding. Wounds upon her face. I said, where do you live? She said, 67th North Peoria. God was saying to me, help this woman. I said, I'll take you. Walk with me. And so I began to walk back to the church parking lot. She said, that's my uncle's house. He has so much on his plate. Could you possibly take me to my brother's house? I said, where's that? 
Barry Hill. I'm not sure he's even home, but as I looked at my watch. It was already 4.30. Three men were waiting for me to bring dinner that night. I said, woman, I don't have time, but I'll take you to North Peoria. So as we drove along, I spoke to her about our Lord. She was a, clearly a follower of Jesus. When I prayed, she was involved in the prayer. And when we got into Turley and then turned left and I let her out, the door opened. <laughs> Cutest little boy came out, looked like Timmy, <laughs> bright-eyed, who is this pulling up in a red car? <laughs> and she got out. And I knew she was with family. I don't know whether that woman was really in a car wreck or if somebody had beat her up or if she were mentally ill. But I had obeyed God. I had obeyed God. And she was safe with family. As we began to drive back south, the Lord brought to my mind another episode of Jesus from John chapter 4. You remember Jesus' cousin, John the Immerser, was immersing many, many people into repentance. He was rebuking people for their hypocrisy and sins, and they were expressing repentance by being immersed in the Jordan River. Remember, Jesus even came to be immersed by his cousin John. And then Jesus entered into John's ministry, and he too began to preach repentance and his disciples, Jesus himself didn't do it, but his disciples began to immerse people, and they began immersing more than John. And some of the Jews really wanted to put a stop to that. And Jesus knew they were plotting to kill him, but it was not yet his time to die. And so he left Judea with his disciples to go back to Galilee. And the Gospel of John says he had to go through Samaria. We'll speak a little more about that in a minute. <laughs> and so they went north, came to the village of Sychar, where the well of Jacob was located. And Jesus sat there and stopped. The disciples went in town to buy food. And as he sat alone, a woman came, it was noontime, bearing a water pot. Now that's rare because women always came to get the water, not men, but they came in the morning before the heat of the day, sometimes at night, never at noon. But here came a woman with her water pot at noon. And Jesus looked at her and said, Give me a drink. She said, You're a Jew. <laughs> Why are you speaking to me, a Samaritan woman? Because the Jews have nothing to do with Samaritans. As far as they're concerned, they're mongrels, filth of the earth. And Jesus said, If you knew the gift of God and who it was that asked you for a drink, you would ask him for a drink. 
and he would give you living water. Sir, <laughs> you don't have anything to draw with. The water's deep. How do you think you're going to get this water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who came with his sons and cattle and drank at this well? And Jesus said, anyone who drinks of that water will thirst again. But the water that I give, they will never thirst again, but they will well up within them living water to everlasting life. And the woman said, Oh, give me that water that I won't thirst and have to come back with a water pot. And Jesus looked at her and said, Go get your husband. <laughs> oh, I don't have a husband. Jesus said, You've spoken truly because you had five husbands and the man you're living with now, you're not even married. Sir, are you a prophet? Now, our fathers said that we should worship in this mountain, but you Jews say we should worship in Jerusalem. And Jesus said, the day is coming when neither shall you worship in this mountain or Jerusalem, but worship God in spirit and in truth. And she said, Lord... I know that the Messiah is coming someday and he will tell us all things. And Jesus said, I who speak to you am he. She immediately left and went into the village. <laughs> you know, the women of that village didn't like her at all. She was perhaps a woman unlucky in love. Who knows? But she went to the men, said, I just met a man who told me everything about my life. And they came with her, and Jesus spoke to them. They were moved. Would you stay with us? He spent two days and taught, and a great number of them became believers. And then Jesus went on his way. A few years later, after the church had been established in Jerusalem, and Saul of Tarsus, acting on behalf of the Jewish establishment, began persecuting Christians and putting them in jail and voting to kill them when the decisions had to be made. And the Christians fled Jerusalem. And one of those who fled was the deacon Philip, who went to the city of Samaria, preached the gospel, did miracles. There was a tremendous harvest. Now think about this. Sychar, where Jesus spoke to this woman, and many, many, many in that villages came to be believers, is only seven miles from the city of Samaria. I wonder if some of those who heard Philip preach had met Jesus earlier. I think it's a probability because Samaria was the capital city. Sarkar was a village. They would have to go into Samaria. 
to do things. It is interesting that John says he had to go through Samaria. That's not the way Jews went to Galilee. (laughs) They traveled a few miles east to the Jordan Valley, traveled up the Jordan Road to Galilee. They did not go through Samaria because the Samarians were filthy dogs, mongrels. Jesus had to go through Samaria. Why? Have you ever thought about the fact that not only does God the Father know the end from the beginning, but so did Jesus? You remember when Philip came to Christ, Philip went to find his friend Nathaniel and brought him to Jesus. And when he came, Jesus looked at him and said, Behold a Hebrew in whom there is no guile. Nathaniel said, How do you know me? And Jesus said, I saw you before Philip called you when you were sitting under that fig tree. (laughs) Immediately Nathaniel became a believer. Why did Jesus have to go through Samaria He knew that before the end of the day, at around noon, something very unusual was going to happen. A woman at noon was going to be coming to the well. And there were many in that area that were going to become believers. God plays chess. (laughs) At 8 o'clock in the morning, last Tuesday, When I was at that ATM machine, God knew that approximately eight hours later, there was going to be a woman walking on Fifth Street, crying out, Oh, God, help me. When I went back to the bank to look around the parking lot, God knew that not many hours later there was going to be a woman walking along the street crying out, Oh, God, help me. And then that first time I took my walk and found nothing, God knew that a few hours later there was going to be a woman on Fifth Street crying out, Oh, God, help me. Every step I took, the tension, the stress in me. But God said, there's going to be a woman walking on Fifth Street, crying out, oh, God, help me. i tell you something. It's worth the loss of a check to be honored by being God's instrument whereby he was going to respond to the cries of a desperate woman. Oh God, help me. God plays chess. Sometimes as I look back at my life, I see how many times he's played chess, so many different chapters, many of them not related to each other in any way at all, and I have sought none of them. Years ago, the Lord spoke to me and he said, 
If you're out in ministry, never tell anybody where you're going to be. Never call anybody ahead and say, I'm in your area, would you like me to come? Only go when you're invited, and after prayer, you know that's an invitation from God. I've tried to live that way, failed in many ways. It's my heart to do so. Some of you have heard me say, and I know you have because I've talked about it from time to time, that a number of years ago, this had probably been in the 1970s, everything is being disrupted in the church, struggles in the family, almost a time of despair. And I was teaching or preaching, I don't remember, through the book of Acts. And when I came to 1336, this verse, David, after he fulfilled the purposes of God in his own generation, fell asleep and slept with his fathers. And God said to me, live that way. Allow me to use you in your generation Die, be gone, be forgotten. Do not be concerned about building anything lasting. In essence, he was saying, your job is obey. My responsibility is results. I would lie to you if I would say I have lived that way perfectly. But it is my heart to be a pawn a castle, uh, a bishop, a knight, whatever he chooses on his chessboard, but be surrendered to my king. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. Take my hands and let them move at the impulse of thy love. At the impulse of thy love. Take my feet and let them be swift and beautiful, Lord, to thee. Take my voice and let me sing Always only for my King Always only for my King Take my love, my Lord, I pour at thy feet its treasure shore. Take myself, and I will be ever only all for thee. Ever only all for thee. That is my prayer. May I suggest it become yours. Amen.